Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number two, tremendous football Thursday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Simulcast for the next two hours by our friends at Stadium. And if you're watching on Stadium right now, hope that we've become part of your daily routine. And we're looking forward to bringing you some badass wagertainment here over the course of the next two hours, getting you set to bet and win this weekend and tonight, National Football League and college football. Joey Kanish is still to come, pro sports better from the Hammer. will join us next hour talking college football and the NFL. Rod Gilmore, ESPN college football analyst, joins us one hour from now to kick off hour number three. Our friend Connor Rapp- Allen stops by in uh, in 20 minutes. Looking forward to Connor Allen joining the show, giving us his favorite prop bets for Week 11 in the NFL. Evan Silva coming up a little later in the program. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity here on our stadium simulcast for the next two hours is our good friend Adam Chernoff, who is on Twitter, at Adam Chernoff. Adam's NFL betting podcast is a must-listen, uh, The Simple Handicap. You can find it wherever you find your podcast, a daily NFL betting podcast. He also does great work for our friends at Right Angle Sports. And you, dear listener and dear viewer, can download the Right Angle Sports app. It's free, featuring insight and commentary from professional bettors on everything happening in the NFL. Adam supports us, has been coming on with us for your support. Him, check it out, the Simple Handicap and the Right Angle Sports app. Uh, find it wherever you find your apps. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Week 11 in the NFL to you and yours. Happy week 11 to you guys as well. It's been a battle this week health-wise, but we're here and we're ready for some football tonight. So hopefully better results this week than last. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and happy, Adam, that we have a game tonight like worthy of a standalone primetime slot. We haven't had a lot of those Finally. this year. Even the ones that were just even the ones that were just okay. It's like Jets Chargers. Like I gotta watch Zach Wilson in a prime time. Like, how many times the Giants gonna be in, <laughs> in standalone spots? We get we get Bengals Ravens, which is which is great and which has like huge playoff implications, MVP implications, division implications. Also, it's just a really fun game with teams we want to watch play football. So that's pretty cool. Uh the market for this game, Ravens three and a half total 46 and a half we were talking off the air you said yeah some prop thoughts maybe even side total thoughts some things that you like in this game we haven't really talked about this game yet on the show it's awesome we can't wait for it so kind of lay out all your bets for us here all right let's start with the rabbit hole i was talking about going down about an hour ago and then we can get into the keaton mitchell stuff and maybe uh some other looks as well but let's start with mark andrews over four and a half receptions at minus 120. Here is the reasoning for this. So obviously Sam Hubbard is going to miss this game. And despite what is being read about uh, Trey Hendrickson, he's probably not 100%. Against the Bills a couple weeks ago in primetime, the Bengals introduced a double quarterback spy. And that involved Trey Hendrickson as well as a rotating cast of linebackers. 
And it kind of got me thinking going back in these bigger games. We talk about Lou Anarumo so often and how great he is adjusting game for game. And I went all the way back two full seasons and I was reading some like post-game reports and press conferences. And we heard Patrick Mahomes talk about how the Bengals were using Hubbard and others as a spy against him in the playoff game. We obviously heard from Lamar Jackson a couple times about how the Bengals were defending him with different uh, linebackers as well as Sam Hubbard. And so it got me thinking now and sort of looking into it, and, and it's it's sort of playing out like a game that happened a couple years ago uh, where the Ravens won 19-17, but Andrews went off for 10 catches because they used uh, linebacker Davis Gaither as a spy against Lamar Andrews in the pocket because Hubbard was not 100% either in that game. We don't have him tonight, and if Hendrickson's not 100%, they're very likely going to be forced to use linebackers as a spy. And that's probably going to allow the Ravens to throw behind that spot where the spy is, which kind of caters itself to a bigger game from Andrews. And he's at four and a half receptions. We're getting kind of like convoluted and into the weeds here. But I really think this is what Anna Rumo is going to do because the kind of concluding piece to this, he was on the Chris Long podcast to uh, like last week, midweek. And he talked about how he needs to have one guy when defending Lamar Jackson. And he kind of stopped himself and he's like, well, we need the whole team to do it. But you kind of read between the lines there and you're like, he has to go to this one spot. And this is the guy that stands out. So I think the Bengals employ some linebackers as the spy tonight. In the absence of some D-line guys they usually use, that opens up Andrews uh, behind the spy for some easier catches. Uh, Kincaid, by the way, 10 catches for 81 yards when they tried this against Buffalo a couple weeks ago. I think Andrews has a big game tonight. That's a long-winded resp- uh, response, but there we go. That was good stuff. Mark Andrews, 56.5 is the receiving yards prop coming up for tonight. Receptions prop at BetMGM is 4.5 for Mark Andrews, but it's juiced way over to uh, to Adam's point. Churn, let's, um, we'll move on past Thursday night in a second, but would love to get your thoughts. Just like If you give it to us in like 30 seconds, please, that would be great. So we want to hit a bunch of other games coming up, including Monday night with the Chiefs and the Eagles. Any thoughts you have tonight on Keaton Mitchell, Baltimore's like undrafted rookie running back, who like obviously has been like a sensation. John Harbaugh saying on Monday wants to get him more work, probably at the expense of Justice Hill, and then like any bets on side in total for Thursday Night Football, Ravens and Bengals, and then we'll move on to Sunday. Sure. So this is not a case for Mitchell under. He's amazing. He's explosive. He's incredibly quick and talented. He's a brilliant running back. Uh, What I will say is we're really into sort of the stage and era where we all love these coach quotes and we're looking into it. What I would just caution with is when a head coach is asked about a specific player, In 15 years of doing this, I've never heard the head coach not say something positive about getting that player involved in upcoming games. And that quote you're referencing from Harbaugh was directly asked why Mitchell was not a bigger part of the game plan. It's like, what is Harbaugh going to say? Ah, we didn't want to get him out there. We didn't want to give him time. Well, of course not. He's not going to say that. Now, again, it's... It's a competition with four other runners, so that makes me a little bit worried. But, I mean, Mitchell could break off a big run at any point. I'm not going under on that, but with that quote that he was saying, it's like, what else is he going to say in that spot when he's asked that question? Adam, I want to ask you about, obviously, a bunch of games coming up on Sunday and some of your favorite bets, but like, just so we don't 
like we don't get to the end of the interview and we didn't save time for it. Or we have 30 seconds, whatever. Just want to like any thoughts you have on Eagles Chiefs on Monday night. Obviously, we won't talk to you until that game happens. It's like maybe the game of the year. The Chiefs are a two and a half point home favorite. The total in the game has been bet down to I got bet down even more 45 in a couple places, 45 and a half now. Um, any even if you don't have any bets on the game, just like I think everyone's really, really, really interested in this one. Want to give you a chance to talk about it. I've butchered explaining this stat about six other times this week on different shows, so I'll go number seven here. Uh, opponents that play the Eagles see their pass rate spike above expectation higher than any other team in the league. And basically what it means is the Eagles, you can't run on them, and everybody is trying to throw on them a lot, especially with short and intermediate passes. I think that really lends itself to a really big Mahomes game, and I think it lends itself to a really big game from Kelsey as well. That's just kind of what you do against this Eagles defense. Uh, with that said, we've been looking to get involved with the Chiefs basically all week. Uh, just hasn't happened. The price has been a battle back and forth. Uh, but I do think that this is a spot that's conducive to a big Mahomes and Kelsey game just based on how the Eagles defense plays. So keep that in mind for props when they're more widely available tomorrow and Saturday. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday. Talking week 11 in the NFL with our friend Adam Chernoff of Right Angle Sports, the Simple Handicap Podcast. He's on Twitter at his name, Adam Chernoff. Uh, so, Chern, we hit Thursday night. We hit Monday night. What is your favorite play on Sunday? Could be a side. Could be a total. Uh, going with Browns, we'll call it minus one right now, I think is a fair number. Uh, to me, that number has just been adjusted way too far. It was, in my opinion, a bit of a middling number. There was some expectation that Watson was hurt coming out of that game when it opened at four. I think if Watson was in, that was probably going to be like five, five and a half. Um, we now see him out. and I mean, this is all the way down to minus one. We've seen Watson miss a couple games earlier this season when there was no expectation of a backup needing to start. We had some like surprised Watson ruling out and, against like great opponents like Baltimore, that game moved from Cleveland minus two to Baltimore plus one. And so I, like I get the DTR from the preseason hype coming into that first start unannounced with no time to prep. He looked terrible. And we often see these preseason stars look really bad and are very overrated in their first start. But to me, the market's now saying like, okay, that's very true. It is a drop-off. But we're now into just a massive drop-off territory here from Watson, who wasn't performing great to begin with. So to me, the Browns defense, the best unit on the field matched up against the Steelers offense. I just don't see a path for Pittsburgh to score much. I'll take the Browns at home here. Minus one. Adam, I know you referenced earlier, you were big on, you know, coach quotes. We're all kind of reading what all the play, the coaches are saying about what players they want to use the most. We can kind of apply that. Well, we have two teams this week that are, we'll have someone different calling the plays than had calling the plays the previous week. I'm curious if those changes like make you want to do anything. So the Panthers are kind of the least, the least sexy of the two. Frank Reich's going to call the plays again for them. They're a huge dog to the Cowboys, 10 and a half. Maybe it doesn't matter who calls the plays. Like it's Bill Walsh on the sideline. They're going to lose hundred to nothing. Maybe that's the case. And then the Bills obviously fire Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady. He's going to be the offensive coordinator. So two offensive coordinator play caller kind of switches this week in the Cowboys game against the Panthers and then the Bills Jets game. Does that does that make you want to bet anything? Do you think we see any changes there? I'm at wit's end with the Panthers play calling stuff. This is just annoying and frustrating at this point. Luckily, they've been two and one against the spread with Brown. So it wasn't all a disaster for the strong angle that I had there. Now, now I don't know what to expect. I don't know what can be different. Nobody can get open. The quarterback is struggling. 
but nobody can protect on the offensive line. What I would say in this game is the Cowboys obviously have the very short week with the early Thanksgiving game on Thursday afternoon. They're laying 10 and a half points. Carolina at least gets help back. Horn and Henderson in the secondary, their two best defenders are likely to play. You're also seeing Brian Burns likely to come back from concussion. And they get their best pass and run blocking tight end in Thomas likely to return as well. So if there's a positive injury report for Carolina, we're probably going to see this number come in a little bit just because Dallas has had the tendency to pull off late in these games by resting their starters. And with the short week on deck, even if Dallas has a big lead, we might see them ease up a little bit within the second half. Uh, In terms of Buffalo, I I don't know if we're going to see anything different with Joe Brady. In fact, with the internal promotion, I actually think that McDermott, who's the big issue with this team, may still continue to sort of throttle this offense back and not run how Josh Allen and others want it to run. And so I don't look at this firing of Ken Dorsey as like, okay, this fixes everything. Now we have this motivational spot with the Bills. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's now just McDermott really trying to control things in a season that's going awry in a hurry. And so uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky one to, to get involved with there. But, boy, uh, the Bills sure have some offensive issues that Joe Brady just isn't going to fix uh, coming in this week. Uh, hearing Turns breakdown of the Cowboys and Panthers, I'm excited to once again bet Rico Dowdle, last touchdown scorer of the game. Get Tony Pollard ass out of there. Let's get Rico in. It's good. They hit him with the Rico at the end of the game. Uh, Churn, just like another open-ended one for you, my friend. Uh, what else stands out to you on Sunday? It could be a side, could be a total. Any game coming up week 11 in the National Football League. Let's talk about Titans-Jags over at 40. Um Titans the last three weeks have played three dead under teams with really good run defenses and quarterbacks that were not going to test that weak Titans secondary. The Jags on the other side have played the Niners, another two defenses before they played the Steelers in the rain before their bye. Uh, It's been a brutal schedule of under teams for the Jags in the last three weeks as well. And so now you have a Jags offense that is most efficient when they're throwing the football against the pass funnel Titans defense. And on the other side, you have a Titans offense that wants to run the football that finally isn't facing a top five run defense for the first time since Will Levis has taken over a starter. I think this total is kind of suppressed because of how these two teams have played uh, opponents over the last three weeks, but that's really been opponent driven. And now I think this matchup sets up for points. And so I'll go over 40 in this game. Adam, we do a, a lot of awards on Thursday, and I've I've kind of gone on gone out on a limb this week because I I've said that I I think Dak Prescott is more likely to win MVP than than the betting market does. That I think this is actually like a thing that can happen. Am I am I insane? Like am I like I'm pretty bullish on the Cowboys coming up here for the next month? Am I crazy here in like thirty seconds? I don't think you can so. Yes. Uh, I wonder if he's okay. going to get the biggest push from voters. Like it's always that attributed to the quarterback and the improvement in the team and, and coming out red. So I think they're going to have to jump over the Eagles if that's going to be the case and win the division. That would be the one thing that gives me a little sure. bit of hesitance. But I will say to your point, they are throwing the football a ton. And like this is what everybody has wanted from them for like the last couple of seasons. And it's finally coming to fruition. And we're seeing how good it looks. Uh, but I, I do think that the Cowboys need to jump the Eagles. I don't know how likely that is. 
That's fair. But I'm just fair. I'm saying that fair worries enough. me to a little. To be fair, bit they're like they're like three to one to win the division. They're like three to one to win the division. He's like forty to one to win MVP. So like, I mean, why why not the right. division? Yes. I guess if that's what you're looking for. Uh, Turn. You gonna uh, you gonna pop on with us next Tuesday or Wednesday with uh, Ken and I off next Thursday? Absolutely. I'm surprised you guys aren't doing the full Thanksgiving stream covering everything all Thursday. Don't even are you? Are you don't even say it. Are you? Don't oh, you know what, it. Ken? I'll actually, I'll actually step in here. There is literally nothing that they could do to make us work on Thanksgiving. So don't even worry about it. Never <laughs> happening. Not happening. Just never. Not happening. <laughs> I quit if that's going to be the case. Uh, no, I don't. I enjoy my job. Churn on Twitter, at Adam Chernoff. Simple Handicap Podcast. Download the Right Angle Sports app. Insight and commentary from pro bettors on everything happening in the NFL. My friend, good luck with the bets this weekend. Stay well. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the week. See you guys next Tuesday. Connor Allen next. You better you bet. Nick and Ken. Second down and short here. Purdy has one-on-one. George Kittle, goodbye! Heave ho and a touchdown! Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Uh, Fox Sports courtesy of the call. The San Francisco 49ers offense absolutely rolling last week to the tune of 34 points on the road in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. Can they have a repeat performance coming up this Sunday at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We'll ask our friend Connor Allen that question in just a moment. Rod Gilmore, ESPN College Football Analyst, will join us in 40 minutes. Joey Kanish, baby, coming up next hour with college football plays. We'll get Kanish's thought on Michigan as well, and Jim Harbaugh accepting the uh, the three-game suspension. Evan Silva will join us to start the power hour. Can't wait for that. I've established the run. Uh, all our bets for tonight, NBA, National Hockey League, college hoops, and, of course, side total and props for the Bengals and the Ravens, power hour, final hour of the show. But joining us right now is the aforementioned Connor Allen, our good friend from BetSperts, 4 for 4, and the Move the Line podcast, along with other friends of the show, Ryan Noonan and John Daigle. By the way, I, Daigle's, like, everywhere these days, man. He's on BetQL Daily on our network. He's on live on the lines like our new like stadium teammate John Daigle's killing the game right now also taking <laughs> after me with like the Smedium outfits I like that John Daigle wearing all the tight hoodies I like that from John Daigle Connor is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL and he joins us here on a Thursday my friend welcome back to you better you bet Nick and Ken happy week 11 what's up guys yeah I actually had like a Daigle stat to put on the show too but I'm not I might not say it anymore now because we've given him already enough props on the show you know I can't can't let the ego get too big you know Connor, I know we played uh, we played the San Francisco 49ers there, and I want to ask you about that game on Sunday against Tampa Bay. Why don't we just do Thursday first, though, and clear that? We're talking off air. You said you did have a couple bets or things that you like maybe in this this Ravens-Bengals game, which I kind of want to ask every single guest about because it's, it's pretty awesome, and we haven't had a lot of really good Thursday night games. Ravens holding as a three-and-a-half-point home favor right now. Obviously, this game has a ton of permutations with – like anything that matters at the end of the season, Super Bowl, conference, division, awards, everything, MVP. Um, any bets that you like, side total props here. Ravens three and a half at home, total 46 against Cincinnati. Yeah, there are a couple ones that I like here. So just right off the top, I like Joe Burrow to go under his uh, passing prop right now. We're looking at 257, 258. Uh, Ravens defense has been awesome this year. Second in EPA per drop back, third in passing success rate allowed. Lowest yards per pass attempt allowed in the league at 4.7. Um, obviously, you know, some injuries there might impact things, but Overall in the season, they allowed one quarterback to throw for more than 250 passing yards. It was Jared Goff, who had 58 dropbacks and basically immense negative game script. 
Also, Mike McDonald against uh, Joe Burrow has played really conservatively. I think only blitzed maybe 10 or 11 times in the four games that they played so far. And they held to Burrow to 220 passing yards in their first meeting. Obviously, this offense looks a lot different since then. Burrow's a lot healthier. They're playing under center more. But they'll also be without T. Higgins. So I think there's kind of a little bit of a give and take here on that end. Um, and he's averaged just 5.8 yards per attempt against the Ravens in the last two years since with since Mike McDonald took over as defensive coordinator. So I like that one under there. My lean on the game is the Ravens minus three and a half here. Uh, I already explained kind of the defensive side, uh, but I do think that the Ravens offensively uh, should have some success here against this Bengals team, especially on the ground here that has been getting you know run on pretty successfully. And that leads me to my third prop. Keaton Mitchell, longest rush, over 13 and a half uh, rushing yards. I have no idea how many carries he's going to get, to be honest. I think anywhere from like 5, 6 to like 10, 12. That's why I'm going with the longest rush angle here. If you feel good about him getting 10 carries, you can probably bet alternate overs on rushing too because Bengals allowing the most explosive runs in the league. Keaton Mitchell, just he's got the juice. He's looked amazing. Three runs of already 40 more yards in just 12 carries so far this season. Yeah, he's like basically like Devon A. Chan, but on but on the Baltimore Ravens. And like, and I wonder, and we'll talk about this. And and I wonder if I know what it means. Uh, is like Justice Hill just gonna be like? Shout out to Kanye West. Is Justice Hill completely like phased out of the offense? We'll find out. We'll talk about this coming up a little later in the power hour of the show. Connor, let's hit some bets that you've got coming up with games on Sunday. We came back from break with the San Francisco 49ers highlight. They annihilate the Jaguars on Sunday, thirty-four points. Do you think the Niners' offense has a similar output this Sunday? against uh, Todd Bowles and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Yeah, it's interesting because we basically saw the Bucs have their best performance uh, in the last couple weeks against the Titans here. But overall, since their bye, allowing 8.4 yards per pass attempt, second worst in the league so far. Niners, Trent Williams back, Debo back. And, I mean, basically every game with their offense remotely healthy, they've rolled in the entire Brock Purdy era. Uh, and so I think in this spot here, we're going to see more of the same. And so I, I'm not keeping it much more complicated than that. I like Niners team total. You're able to find that at 26 and a half in certain spots. Um, you know, I think 30 plus is more than in range here for this team, given the matchup and everything. Connor, we talked a lot this week about the the Bills-Jets game, uh, the fallout from the Bills-Broncos game. Nick and I both really liked Denver in that game. And part of our handicap, like, yes, we liked the Broncos, but also, like, the Bills didn't make any changes going into that game. Like, they were, and Nick did such a good job pointing this out, like, they were just going to run it back again. And we thought you'd get a similar result, which is a bad performance. Okay, well, now they do make a change. McDermott fires Ken Dorsey. Joe Brady's going to be the offensive coordinator. It's it's a big night. It's just like the Denver game. Honestly, it's a big number with Buffalo at home. And the question's like, are they going to play differently than they have for like seven or eight weeks now since they last like blew out an opponent? They're a seven point home favorite against Zach Wilson and the Jets. Low total, especially for a Buffalo game. Thirty nine and a half maybe speaks to the success the Jets defense has had against Josh Allen. So any any thoughts for you side and total here? Bills with a new OC. Does it matter? They're favored by a touchdown. Yeah, it's tough. I, I like the Jets here at plus seven for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. But on top of that, if we look since week five and the Bills defense started losing some of their members, 32nd EPA per play, 31st in play success rate allowed, 29th in pre-EPA drop back. Now, I don't think that, I mean, we know at this point that it's not like Zach Wilson and the Jets offense or some, you know, outrageously competent unit. But for them to have at least have a little bit of success, we looked at who this Bills team has played in that, that time, which has contributed to those rankings. The Giants, the Patriots, the Bucks, the Broncos, the Bengals, and the Jags. It's not like most of those units are either are outstanding either. So all you need is marginal success on the Jets side here. And then defensively, uh, you know, for the for the Jets, they they've really just had Josh Allen's number. Um, you know, Sauce, DJ Reed, fully healthy. This Jets defense is is amazing, especially on the outsides and the perimeters in this defense. So give me the Jets plus seven. I like them to keep it within a touchdown. 
You better, you better. Here we're Nick and Ken on a Thursday talking week 11 in the National Football League with our friend Connor Allen from Betspurts 4 for 4 and the Move the Line podcast on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, let's go to the Raiders-Dolphins game coming up on Sunday in Miami. Dolphins close to a two-touchdown home favorite in that game. Anything for you here, side, total, or props with the Raiders and the Dolphins in South Beach? Yeah, I kind of want some exposure here to the Raiders passing unders. So I played some Jacoby Myers under 38 and a half receiving yards. I mean, the entire passing game has kind of suffered as of late, but I think Myers is taking one of the biggest hits. We've over the past few weeks, he's had 21, 38, and 19 receiving yards on just eight total targets. Uh, and I think we kind of got a preview of what the Raiders want to do offensively in their new look era. It's like run the piss out of Josh Jacobs and throw the ball to Devontae Adams whenever they need to pass. When so it's like those that combination there, it's just like not going to be very fruitful for Jacoby Myers. And on the other side here, this Dolphins defense, they have their metrics on paper are not good. But now they got back Xavier Howard. They have Jalen Ramsey back. They play this Chiefs defense or Chiefs offense pretty well. Allowed just 6.8 yards per target to opposing receivers. 185 passing yards total Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they didn't even allow a single Chiefs receiver to clear 35 receiving yards. So I think with Devontae soaking most of the targets here uh, and, you know, the incompetency of AOC, uh, I think that we should get some a nice little juicy under here for Jacoby. Josh Jacobs. A lot of our Republican listeners like the ends of that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. A lot of our Republican yeah, listeners absolutely. like the ends of that answer from Connor. <laughs> Loves love it. Uh, the squad <laughs> going to uh, go into Miami. We'll see what happens. Uh, Connor, we, we did a lot on this game earlier this week. Not as much today. This P- Pittsburgh-Cleveland game with, uh, with DTR starting a quarterback with Deshaun Watson out for the season. The market is really kind of settled. Like we had so, so much happen, you know, the last couple of days with this, with the injury status and, and rumors and everything. We know he's out. Market is settled. Browns minus one basically everywhere and the total just like impossibly low 33 with a 32 and a half or two on the board as well. So market expects like brutal AFC North low scoring game and that the Browns are going to be much worse going from Deshaun to DTR. Do you agree with that? Does that make you want to bet anything with uh, kind of an interesting backup quarterback game here? Gosh, I know this would usually be something where I get down a lot of action, but the reality is this is the second lowest total uh, in the last 10 years, the, the lowest one was the Browns Saints game where they had literally 40 mile per hour winds going and there's no wind effect here. So we're getting a total with the, that's expected to be this bad. And I don't necessarily think it's wrong by any means. I mean, this Browns defense has been awesome. The Steelers offense has not been playing very optimally, but I just don't really have a ton of faith in DTR to be honest. Like the first showing we had was against the Ravens. So I don't know how much to like how much credit to put into that, but I, it's just like I keep going back and forth because I want to fade the Steelers team. They're fraudulent. I mean, they're six and zero in one score games this season. They're negative twenty six in point differential, outgained in every game. Like every stat is going against them. They're they're clearly frauds. But do I really want to back DTR and the Browns? So for me, it's just kind of a stay away. But I'm I'm intrigued to see the final result. Not really intrigued to watch the game. Connor Allen, famously a hashtag Chicago guy. Got to get his take on the Bears with Justin Fields back under center. Uh, Bears got bet here down to plus seven and a half on the road at Detroit against, you know, the team and the coach that like literally cover like every spread in like the history of existence since he took over. Uh, any bets for you here, Connor? Could be side total or prop thoughts. Lions against your Bears. Oh my, in Detroit, total 48. Lions laying seven and a half. Yeah, it might be eye in a little bounce back spot here for Laporta. The Bears haven't really been good against tight ends. Um, but Interestingly enough, this Bears defense has been playing a little bit better as of late. And, uh, you know, otherwise, their offense with Justin Fields, I think was kind of interesting. I grabbed a little bit of plus 10 at open. We're looking at plus 8. I think it's about right at this spot because 
it's like this this run defense has actually been really really strong they added monte sweat who's a great run defender not not as good of a pass rusher but like this unit is coming together i think a little bit now that being said i think that the lions should still be able to roll uh and and score plenty here so it's that combination here if justin fields brings a game they're going to cover they're it's going to be a good game if he doesn't I mean, we're going to see a really brutal outing here from the Bears. So I'm just excited for them to, you know, clean house and they have an opportunity to be a great team next year, to be honest. Like it's very few teams have that outlook where they're like, okay, well, if we lose this year, we actually get to have a good team next year because they have so much draft capital and money. Wow, that was Connor tremendous coping, by the way, by Connor. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good stuff. Yeah. And, and take I mean, that from like a Giants fan who's saying Connor, the same right? stuff also. Right, yeah. Gi- Giants fan is like, lose as much as possible, including against Washington, where they're, they're a huge underdog in the game. Connor, let me ask you about Sunday Night Football. <laughs> Every time Nick and I have talked about this game this week with, with Minnesota at Denver, it's like we, we wish they were playing other teams because like I bet Minnesota a lot. We both bet both teams last week. We both want to play on both teams. We think these might be like two of the better teams or surprising teams in the second half of the season cover a lot of numbers maybe both make the playoffs i think minnesota definitely that seems like possible to be the seventh seed uh in the nfc playoffs what do you what do you do and if anything broncos two and a half total 42 and a half with two teams that people have really wanted to play on recently yeah like we talked about with the the Bills splits there kind of like in the in in season here the the broncos have had similar splits so like defensively they were literally one of the worst units i mean in a long time for the first couple of games then the last few weeks they're like top 10 in epa top 10 in a lot of different metrics and i don't think that they're necessarily an outstanding unit but i think that they're at least average above average at least how they're playing in their current form and so we factor that in against a, a vikings team though that I'm interested in backing as well. Brian Flores on the defensive side is just causing havoc. He doesn't have good players necessarily, but they're just wreaking havoc on a good play-to-play basis. And, uh, you know, offensively, Josh Dobbs to the to Hawkinson has just been an electric connection. Maybe getting Justin Jefferson back, and at least if not this week, for sure next week. Um, so they're both teams. I think that you guys are right that I want to buy. I'm just not sure if the, this is necessarily the spot for either of them and, and what, uh, you know, amounts to two teams that I'm just like interested in, but I don't think this is the right spot. Connor, we have about 90 seconds here for this. Um, a lot of runway for you. Um, any other bets coming up for this weekend in the National Football League, side total or props? Yeah, I'll give you three overs that I'm, I'm pretty interested in uh, this week. Adam Thielen overs, I think, are really unique. Um, we've seen him get a ton of volume in games where they have to throw a bunch. We also know that Frank Reich, there was those like rumors early on in the season where they were like designing up a ton of plays for Adam Thielen, and that if he wasn't on the field, like he wasn't able, they weren't able to do those plays. And so I think that in this spot here, he's been really good against man coverage too. He's been their primary target on 38% of uh, you know the team's targets against man. So I think we're going to see a ton of receptions here. We'll probably see that line around five and a half, six. Um, Brian Robinson, I think, is going to see a massive workload here. The Washington Commanders are nine and a half point favorites against the Giants, which is wild. Nick, very my apologies there. Um, you know that's that's a pretty sad sight to see. You're um, apologizing. But, yeah. would, that's would always you, good. Would you right? yeah. would you say you're sorry to someone that's about to win the Super Bowl, like AKA getting Caleb Williams? You should be saying like Nick, like that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Please continue. That's I'm. I bet some Giants worst record as well. By the way, it's still like plus, over plus two hundred. I mean, they're gonna have the worst record. So uh, you know, if, and great if you when Justin Fields is your quarterback next year, and I have Caleb Williams, we'll revisit this, <laughs> and I'll apologize to you. <laughs> that honestly fair because he should be gone too. I mean, anything Drake May, whatever. I, what do I have any time left here for this? For this, the rest? Yeah, of this? you got like thirty seconds. Going off the rails. All right, perfect. Um, last one here, Puka Nakua. Cite my guy, John Daigle here. Seahawks playing zone coverage on 80% of the snaps. Puka's seen 67% of his targets 
for league high 50 catches against uh zone defense here. I uh, should get a lot of it. So I think Puka's going to eat um, and, and see plenty of overs there. But you know what? Sorry if we don't have Justin Fields, our quarterback next year. I'm, I'll be very, very, very excited about that. Yeah, well, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens here. <laughs> my, my team's going to get, I think both of our teams are probably going to lose this weekend. All right, Connor, good stuff. Uh, we'll talk to you next week before Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. All right, see you later. Appreciate it, guys. Bye, Connor. All right, Connor's on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Bets apologize. Don't, Did we get what uh, don't we wanted out of you? Nice me, Connor. Okay, great. Uh, Bets birds four for four in the Move the Line podcast. Find it wherever you find your podcast. Good stuff there from Connor. Uh, just like, how amazing is that? They're like, oh, the Carolina Panthers. Oh, their offense like literally can't run unless Adam Thielen's on the field. Like, wow, right. great offense, guys. Adam Thielen. Right. Well designed. Steph Curry. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like it's really it's really good. Like you know who's gonna be playing wide receiver for the uh like Moses Moody yeah. lining up a receiver for the Panthers coming <laughs> right. up on Sunday. And then and the Polish kid from Santa Clara whose name I can't pronounce, yeah. Podzmensky, whatever. Uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh coming right. up next. More awards conversation here. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, you better you bet Thursday, Beck UL Network Stadium, onward and etc. Shane Stank, and they're not out of field goal range. Medgay is blocked. That's a live football. It's picked up Denzel Ward. They attempt a 60-yard field goal. Miles Garrett, the block. 285 pounds, and he's just going to leap right over. Doesn't touch anybody. Perfectly legal. Gets his hands up and makes a play. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The Greek freak Spiro Didis with the call on CBS. That was back on October 22nd and that the wild shootout in Indianapolis with the Browns and the Colts. Like, Miles Garrett basically not, like, single-handedly winning the game because the referees helped too. But Miles Garrett was a one-man wrecking crew in that game for the Browns. One of the reasons why he's the current favorite to be defensive player of the year. We will get to that market coming up in just a second. But I want to remind our live audience that 20 minutes from now, we'll turn our attention to college football. Be joined by ESPN college football analyst, our friend Rod Gilmore. Joey Kanish will join us as well next hour, giving us college football and NFL bets for the weekend. Power Hour final hour will feature a conversation with Evan Silva from Establish the Run and all our bets coming up tonight, including side total and props, Bengals and Ravens on Thursday Night Football. But for now, Jake, bring the music back up, please, and let's talk Defensive Player of the Year, where the aforementioned Miles Garrett it remains the favorite in the market. Garrett, plus 175, and the rest of the big three shortly, uh, I guess, like, close behind is the terminology. Micah Parsons, plus 200. TJ Watt, plus 225. Max Crosby of the Raiders is 18-1. to 1. And um, Ken and I talked off-air before, and we were like, we should probably cut the list off there. So I did. So, Miles, Parsons, Watt, and Crosby, Ken, uh, what stands out to you this week, Defensive Player of the Year? Well, I mean, that they're all monsters, first of all. So, the idea that, like, someone's coming out of nowhere and uh, and beating all of them seems extremely unlikely. These are, if you if you view them all together, even the top three guys, like, they, they are not vulnerable favorites. Like, these are all pro caliber players, uh, former winners of the award in TJ Watt's case, and they're all having great seasons, too. So, like, there isn't... You know, like Jalen Carter, you know, everybody loves him. He's also not doing a lot. So, like, if another rookie came along and was actually good, I actually think that could generate some momentum. And at the end of the year, you could have a, an interesting race. That's not what this is. This is like, okay, we've said it all along. Like, of these guys, is there ever going to come a point where you're going to want one instead of the other two? And why would that be? Probably late season polling would be a really good indication of when you would want one. And is there, you know, basically, can Max Crosby's team win enough 
that he becomes the fourth player that we should talk about. Well, the Raiders won again. <clears throat> they are also a two-touchdown underdog this week. So, like, I like Max Crosby as a player, but as a bet, I have to be honest, and I have to say, they are a two-touchdown underdog this week. Why would I ever bet this right now, right now, unless I really thought they were live to win the game? Like, the bet's not going to age very well, because they're going to lose a game. And if they lose this game, and they lose, like, one or two more games, then he can't win because the team won't be as successful. So I, Crosby is interesting because the stats are interesting, but if the team success isn't going to be there, and the team is unlikely to be better this week, then we kind of have to put him to the, to the side for the side, for at least for this week. And maybe, hey, they beat Miami, and we can really get this momentum going. And they win three in a row we can have that conversation so it becomes about the three big edges the mid-season polling was very clear miles garrett's won everything ever forever and it was not so parsons and watt weren't even discussed in most of the content that was produced it was like no no it's this guy and that's it that's it and so i was like all right well that's that seems pretty pretty resounding uh and then we played another game since then and they came from two touchdowns behind to beat Lamar Jackson on the road, and he had one and a half sacks in the game. And it's like, you finish that game, and you just go, like, what is the right price for this guy? It's basically, is it just like an injury number? Like, is that what we're trying to create here? Where, like, if he plays the rest of the games, he's going to win? So I actually bet some Miles Garrett, like, 230, 220 um, on Sunday night and Monday morning. Not a lot, but just, like, I had, I've had, i had nothing in this market, like, the whole year, basically. I was like, I, I think it's finally time. Midseason polling was very clear. Then that player had another really impactful performance that everyone saw, and there, that makes them more likely to make the playoffs. And so I bought some. Uh, and then Deshaun Watson was declared out for the year, and the market on this week at week's game crashed, and the Browns became less likely to make the playoffs. And I'm like, wow, am I like stuck here holding the bag a little bit? So the prices have kept going down because I do think he is very far ahead. But it's going to be the same thing. It's team success, right? If if the Steelers and Browns can can keep up their end of the bargain team success wise, then their two players, I think, have a leg up over Micah Parsons and the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to win enough games that Parsons can win. The other two teams, we're, we're not quite sure still whether the Steelers or Browns can win enough. If they do, it's it's a it's a simple math counting problem because all three are, are big reputation players. And if they're all big reputation players, then it is like, well, you have this many sacks and you have this many sacks, and that's how we're going to decide the winner. And Miles Garrett's three and a half sacks ahead of Micah Parsons right now. Like, I, it's not close. And Parsons, again, he's got Carolina. He's got Sam Howell coming up. This can get interesting. But we kind of saw this last year with him where like middle of the season goes on and he's kind of like bricking these games and Bosa's getting 17, 18, 19 sacks. It's like, yeah, Parsons is awesome. They like quadruple team him probably on every play. That also means he doesn't get the sack and the other guy does. And that matters at the end of the year because everyone's going to vote and they're going to look at the numbers among the big reputation players. So I like Garrett a lot. I am now like a little nervous about whether the Browns can win enough. Also, like, I think I just need nine and eight and I think he's got it. And I think I'm going to get nine and eight a lot of the time. So yeah, a little more nervous about making those bets. Don't regret them. Still think he's very in the driver's seat. Like just, I, I was overwhelmed by how the midseason content was so uh, gushing with praise for him and absolutely didn't even mention the other two guys, whereas I thought it might be a little closer between the three of them. And, and again, like we talked about this on the show yesterday and like the wake of the Deshaun Watson season ending injury, like the Browns are, I, I, I feel like if you ask like non-betters, be like, hey, what do you think the, are the Browns going to make the playoffs now? They'd be like, Watson's out, hell no. Also, they're yeah. like minus 175 to make the playoffs still. 
So, like, they make the playoffs. That means they're winning at least nine games. And uh, I think Garrett's going to get a lot. Maybe Kevin Stefanski gets a lot of credit, too, if that's the case. And we can talk about that coming sure. up with Coach of the Year in a little bit. Is there anything else to do here? Like, I can, like, manufacture questions to ask. Like, hey, like, if the Chiefs defense is number so. one at the end of the year, like, what about Chris Jones? But I don't think we think, like, it's probably just these four guys. So, uh you had said earlier in the show, and it's Nick and Ken here on the Thursday, uh, Rod Gilmore joins us in about 15 minutes here talking college football on You Better You Bet. Uh, we want to skip offensive and defensive rookie of the year this year with C.J. Stroud. Just for this obviously, week. Like, yeah, just for this week at least. Like, I guess it's like if, if we have to have a serious conversation about an offensive rookie of the year candidate winning NFL most valuable player, we probably don't need to discuss that player winning offensive rookie of the year because it's probably nope. a fait accompli at this Not point. Not this week at least. <laughs> Not this right. week. Yeah, let's let's see how it goes now. against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And then Jalen Carter at minus 210 right now to win defensive rookie of the year. The one price that I think is a little interesting, um, and we don't have to talk about it, just let's, let's see how he plays this weekend, is Joey Porter Jr. for the Steelers, who's like starting to get like national recognition for like what he's doing. I don't know if he can win. Sure. Just like he's a name that like popped to me a little bit looking at the odds today. And, it's the shortest and he's I would. been. I would offer a, con a comment on that, just like, you're right, and there's a couple other interesting names, too. My problem is, like, the Eagles are in the standalone game of the century. Yep. So, like, Carter has one sack. What do you think they're going to spend the entire telecast? If he has two pressures, what do you think they're spending the entire telecast that 40 million people are watching, talking about? Like, even if Porter plays well, even if, uh, what, Byron Young or whatever his name is, the guy for the Rams, the defensive end, even if he plays really well, like, it just... Like, Carter gets that opportunity this week. I want to get past this week before we talk about whether we want to beat him or not. I was wondering, if is, uh, is Yeast, is he, uh, he's not a rookie, second-year player for the Rams. He would be, like, my Rams rookie of choice if that were the case. Russ Yeast yeah. for the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. All right, so we'll skip, we'll skip offensive and defensive rookie of the year. We'll start coach of the year. We'll do comeback player a little later in the show, where DeMar Hamlin obviously remains the favorite. Can coach of the year, Dan Campbell, plus 150, uh, D'Amico Ryans uh, with Mike McDaniel on bye, obviously, last week, and they had lost, obviously, before, to the Chiefs prior to their bye. D'Amico Ryans has now assumed the uh, the second choice for NFL Coach of the Year. Ryans 3-1 to one at BetMGM. Mike McDaniel is 6-1. to one. Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings have won five straight games without Justin Jefferson, a couple without Kirk Cousins, but Josh Dobbs in the saddle. Kevin O'Connell is at 10. Mike Tomlin of the 6-3 and three Steelers. They, they beat DTR this week. They're 7-3. and three. Obviously, that's math. Six, six plus one is seven. Uh, Tomlin, 16 to one. Nick Sirianni, 18. Bob Sala, I kind of feel like the ship's probably sailed there, but who knows? Sala, 22. Uh, Pete Carroll, 22. And then just a couple names that I grabbed. Stefanski is 30. Think that that might be like a little bit interesting. Mike McCarthy is 50. And I think you kind of answered this a little bit, right? With Dak and CD. Maybe McCarthy doesn't get the credit if they go like 13 and four. Also, they've racked up like gaudy regular season numbers in the last yep. couple years. But figured it would be at least worth discussing, right? Since we talked about Dak and CD also. And if they're going to go like 13 and four and win the NFC East, McCarthy's at 50. And then maybe like hashtag our guy, Sean Payton. 80 to 1 to win coach of the year. Uh, thoughts, please, on this market. We can carry this over likely to next hour. Yeah, it's uh, in the first part of this segment. Maybe we do the rest in the next segment. Is uh, there? there is not a vulnerable favorite here. So, like, it's not that Dan Campbell's going to win. That's not what I'm saying. We get to the end of the year and he doesn't win. Don't be like, Ken, you said he would win. I, I think it's there's still a, a few other coaches who could definitely win this award. And the Lions could lose a bunch of games. Just like if we're trying to project forward. And we're trying to go with like likely records, likely narratives, and combine those two. And that's how voters are going to vote for this award. And then we also have all the midseason content that was produced about like how, how we feel about coaches and where they are right now. 
like I, the Campbell is the, the, this airtight, ironclad case. Like they're going to win the division for the first time in forever. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to win 13 games on average. Like that's that's a four game improvement over last year. Four is kind of the magic number for winning this award. They won nine last year. If he gets to 13, this is a really tough case to go to to, to try to pick somebody else. It's really unlikely that that's going to happen. So in the next, like in an hour from now, when we do this again, it can be like, and I, this is how I'm going to phrase it. If Dan Campbell goes 12 and five, who wins? Like that's the literally the, cause that's like, that's how this happens. If you're telling me he's 13 and four, 14 and three, I think they have two losses right now. 15 and two is not going right. to happen, but like 13 and four, 14 and three. If you tell me those are the two records, I'm not interested. Like, I don't think there's a discussion. That's my opinion. This is a really subjective conversation. I think 14 and three, he's got it no matter what. I think 13 and four, he's probably got it no matter what. 12 and five is a three game improvement. I think you start to have a nuanced conversation about what other narratives coaches are out there that have done really cool stuff. But like, everyone's already like, you read all the stuff midseason, everyone's lining up behind this. Winning the division for the first, like, this completes kind of like the couple year, like, quest that he's been on to restore the Lions, restore the Roar, all this stuff. You'd be like, well, that's all like, cliche garbage welcome to awards voting welcome to how this stuff works this is really easy for everybody to understand if they win 13 i think it's a wrap i really do and that's just in my opinion so like in order to bet this and feel like you're making good bets you kind of have to think they're going to go 12 and 5 like to me to make the bets in the market so yeah like there are other interesting candidates the prices on a lot of these guys i think are going to move around really rapidly in the next few weeks they're going to kind of i think there's a lot of reshuffling that could potentially happen but if you like O'Connell, or you like Sean Payton, who I bet like 190 to one a couple weeks ago. If you like Ryan's, if you like McDay, like any of these guys, Mike Tomlin, even it's like, all right, if they do this and Dan Campbell's 13 and four, do I think they, I don't think they do. So we'll do the rest of the conversation later. My favorite thing about that from Ken just now was the usage of hashtag cool stuff. Speaking of cool stuff, Rod Gilmore joins us to start next hour talking college football here. Hour number three, Nick and Ken on a Thursday.